Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Capital City. This is the Jeff Cameron Show brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV on a Balls Wednesday. Hope this finds you doing well. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for being here. Tom, tell everybody about what a good time it is to join WarChant.com. I'll let you do it, buddy. Go ahead and lay it out there. Let me count the ways. Yeah. Do you like saving money? You do? I do. Most people do, yeah. Garnet and Gold, 10% discount on every single purchase you make as a Warchant.com member. When you sign up, there's a code that you can find on our website, and that code will give you the green light the whole way through. Then once a month, you get 25% off at Garnet and Gold on select merchandise. Last month, it was the vault. This month, to be determined. I'm not sure what it is yet. We've not gotten word. But we'll get a Very excited days. about this. It's an awesome thing. We're getting towards the 10th, so we'll, I'm sure we're going to get that email soon. <laughs> it's the 10th, dude. It's the 10th, dude. Rent's due. <laughs> oh! Oh, yeah. As he swirls his Kahlua. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then beyond that, right, of course, right. things like uh, Ask for Chan Anything. We've got a, a show tonight. The panel is Ira, myself, and Matt Lasserre tonight. We'll answer any of your questions, but it's only for Warchant.com members. We're going to do chats in the same style. Corey Clark is going to be doing that next week, where you can ask Corey anything. Yeah. All these little things, they add up over time, and especially... The number one thing, if you're looking at it and you're saying, I don't know if I can afford this, this 10 bucks a month for the On3 Warchant.com membership. 10 bucks. Well, by the time you go Christmas shopping I mean, for the Knowles in your family at Garnet and Gold, it's all going to pay for itself. I, think, I don't think it's a question of affording it. And that's before you get one word of excellence behind the paywall. Shake your cushions. Let's go. Shake up them cushions. See, I get to do the pleasant thing, and then you get to be the debt collector. Yeah, let's go. Shake those Shake those cushions. Travis writes, is Julian Armella just not ready yet? He's not as good as the starters. Uh, he doesn't project to start, in my opinion. I don't think he's he's ready, uh, Travis, bluntly. I don't think he is. He's not well, he's not bad. 
when I watch him, I don't go, ah, oh, man, this kid's a bust. Offensive line's tough. It's it's kind of, when you think about it, really a, a grown-ass man's job. You don't see a lot of young kids starting on the offensive line unless they're freaks of nature. They do exist. It does happen. But, you know, typically you would like to, to wait it out and get a kid in there starting his junior season and senior year. They put that man weight on them. They've gotten a lot stronger and bigger, and they've been able to develop at a, at a normal pace, we were forced to thrust lots of guys out there to start during a bad stretch of football for us as freshmen and sophomore. And a lot of times, they get beat to hell. And some of those guys would hold up. They would be average at best, but they would get the hell beat out of them. And the offseason would be them trying to get healthy, not bigger and stronger. Some of them would have offseason surgery and the next thing you know, you're not in the weight room because you're recovering from surgery. And so you didn't get better. You didn't get bigger. You didn't get stronger in the offseason. You just healed. And that's what happens when you start kids too soon on the offensive and defensive line. And luckily, Florida State's at a place now where a talent, a real talent like Julian Armella, is just not good enough yet to crack that starting group. Now, if he had to play, would it be a disaster? No. Will he get reps? Will he get opportunities? Yes. If everybody's healthy, do you, do I think he's a starter? No, absolutely not. He's not so far out of touch that he couldn't be a starter by the mid part of the season or the end part of the season. I don't think. I think he, right. he has improved. The floor has been raised with the experience and also being another year into the system and the strength and conditioning that Florida State does. He looks a lot better than he did this time last year, physically speaking. His worst reps last year were ghastly. I'm glad we never had to put him on the field. Because that that sometimes they came against Jared Verse, and it's tough to. I mean, when you're you're going to get embarrassed sometimes. And, and he would beat him from time to time too. I'm just saying, you you just don't want that out there. You don't. Want yeah. That. This is you go to practice for a reason to get better, to forge your skills, to learn what it means to go against a 22 year old or a 23 year old. Yeah, it's yeah, grown man. You're allowed. You're supposed to be allowed to fail, and and fail he did at times in practice last year. He's doing so less this year. I think he's got an outside shot by the latter part of the season to see some real reps. But, yeah, right now, Byers and Scott and Harris are most certainly all ahead of him. They're all ahead of him. And, and you know, and so is uh, Maurice at center. So they get four of the five, <laughs> I yeah. mean, there it is. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I just well, – yeah. yeah. I don't think that um, – no, I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't think he'll play. I think he'll get in games. Uh, here's the best part about kicking people's asses. All these kids get a lot of chances to play. They get to take valuable reps, meaningful situations. That might be, let's say, a 17-point game in the third quarter, and you feel comfortable throwing him out there for this drive. You know, let's let's get it, let's get him in there these next two drives or whatever it might be. You know, I, th- there's going to be a lot of guys like that this year, and they're going to have a lot of opportunities. Uh, interesting. We got asked a question about Robert Scott. I said earlier in the show, so I'll revisit this that. If the game was played tomorrow, my opinion is that Byers and Harris would be your starting tackles, offensive tackles, uh, and not Robert Scott. Now, Robert Scott, as said by the head coach, so I'm not telling you something, I'm not speaking out of school, is basically kind of being brought along with a certain timeline in mind, and that's fine. I, you don't want to rush him back. He's played a ton of football. That's quote-unquote. He's been very, very good. You know that if he's in shape and healthy, he's going to be able to contribute and help you out, maybe even as a starter. But I would also say this. If I take the view as a player, 
Um, you know, unfortunately, eventually I did get hurt in college, but in high school I never really did. And I always felt bad for people who got hurt because coaches can tell you all the time, oh, well, you can't lose your job to injury. Nonsense. You can definitely 100% lose your do- job to injuries. It happens all the time in every sport, everywhere. And if you miss a sustained period of time due to a serious injury and you have to, like, let's say you're Robert Scott and you miss all of the spring and you're having to recover on a certain timeline, it's not your fault, but it is time that you're missing. And during that time, somebody else is filling that job. And if they're filling that job at a high level, it's going to be damn difficult for you to get back in there and win it back. And every day, Tom, that goes by, I think he's in trouble from a player standpoint of getting back out there as a starter, at least at tackle. I just think every day that goes by, he is. If I were sitting there watching what I've watched in practice every day this, you know, since they've started, except for the one Saturday, if 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 I were him, I'd think I, I, I need to get out there. I need to get out there and soon. Well, because this is not—he's not going to get that job. Uh, I would think that you know. You don't need to manage him by the midpoint of camp if you're going to start him against LSU. Now, he's being managed right now. Mike Norvell has been on the record saying he's a full participant, he's managed, and he's ahead of schedule. Those are the three things he's saying. And he's also said the fourth thing, which I think is a great clue for everybody out there. He's played a lot of football. That means that they're going to be very careful with Robert Scott. They should be very careful, yeah. I, I think that there's a point of no return if you're going to be ready to go against LSU. And we'll see how they manage that. We won't be able to discuss that. But the management idea, the bring them along idea, needs to go out the window in the next week, I'd say, if you're going to have him ready okay. for LSU. But right now, it's he's under a management plan, and he's ahead of schedule. Those to, are the things. Yeah. Well, those are the words that were used. That's correct. Um, if you miss tomorrow's practice, which we think is going to be a humdinger, that this is going to be uh, the coaches letting them get after it. You got to have some hard practices. You got to have some knockdown, drag out, full on contact. Let it fly. Let's go. I think that's going to happen tomorrow. We'll see. Corey and Aslan will be there to report for us. That's good. They have a scrimmage Sunday. By definition, that's a game like scenario. If he doesn't participate in either one of those, I think it's doubtful that he gets his starting job back before the LSU game. Yeah, I, you don't have a ramp up like last year. That That's part of the math. But the other thing I'd say, we won't be able to see the two scrimmages, but the other thing I'd say is last year, both Robert and Dylan Gibbons didn't practice a whole lot. Well, yeah. They were managed. They were managed the but whole they didn't, way. People weren't coming for their jobs. I, I agree. There's, there a, there's a difference. Coming, there's a big difference. There's a difference, but – I'm just talking about in touch and capability of playing. You don't need to do a ton to be in touch and capable of playing. I, I don't think it's this you've got to go through five straight days of hell and three of which are full pads in order to be in shape to play left tackle. I just, I just don't. They did enough holding out last year with guys who were in the starting lineup to manage their minutes and manage their reps that they could have a plan where it's a time release that mm. Robert is ready to go against LSU. I'm not, I'm not abandoning that thought just yet. I'm not abandoning it. I'm just my opinion is that if he's not going to be participating in full-on scrimmages, full-contact practices, and the guys that he's having to try to come back and supplant are a hell of a lot better than those dudes who were going to have to try to replace Dylan Gibbons last year. So this is a very different discussion. My opinion is that he won't be able to win that job. 
I think he needs these reps. Uh, I understand why they're managing it, and I hope that they don't rush him back, especially if it means that he's going to be able to help us during the season because he's a really good football player, and he may end up starting week three, week four, week five. I don't know. But what I am saying is that the guys that are out there vying for these spots are not chumps. Wes Harris is for real. He's been an awesome-looking tackle so far in camp, and I think he's been the best player out there in, so far in camp on, on the offensive line. And B- Jeremiah Byers has been really good. Now, we've had some thoughts about whether or not is he a guard or a tackle, or whatever, yeah. but he's been really good no matter where they put him. Yeah, agreed on all counts. And last year, just again, the circumstances are different, but they didn't think Maurice Smith was going to play against LSU, and not only did he play, he never came out the rest of the season. Now, that was out of need. Again, that was out options of were really yeah. limited. We didn't have another center that could snap the ball. So to your point, there is a benefit to having more tackles than just one or two on a roster. Oh, who sure. Are yeah. good. And so if he's not ready, he's not going to play. I, that's, that's I mean, it's like a Yogi Berraism right there. Right. If he's not ready, he's not going to play. But last year, you would have to play even if you weren't ready. Right. Another sign that we are so much further along, and that is good, good news. I mean, that is the thing that you see really at a lot of places on the field right now. You see, There, there are exceptions. We don't have a lot of options at linebacker. But and I I know I'm beating a dead horse on this guys I bring it up a lot I don't love our situational linebacker I don't like uh, anyhow I don't love it I don't love it that's all I'm gonna say I say I don't like that, it that, that's it we just you gotta you gotta stay healthy there you gotta stay healthy at the linebacker spot mm. here's the deal the the Nicholson kid's gonna be a good football player he's got good instincts you can see that already. Uh, he he's out there practicing his ass off. I'm, this is not knocking him. He's just not ready. He's a freshman. He's undersized. He's not nearly big enough yet, not thick enough yet. So I, I don't really think you're going to get a ton of meaningful reps out of him. He shouldn't have to play. Yeah, you can want him on special teams. You know, there's plenty of – we've elevated the level of talent on special teams because now these backups – can really help you in special teams because they're physical, they're talented, they just happen either somebody older or slightly better than them uh, as a starter in front of them, but they can help you on special teams big time. I don't know that there are too many teams on the schedule that you couldn't survive if you only had one healthy linebacker, you know, of those top two. I think with these secondary bodies that we have, the defensive backs that we have. We have a lot of them, man, yeah. They're larger, and and you could put a Kevin Knowles down in the box opposite Shaheem Brown with a Lundy, not a Lundy, but – a Deloach or a Bethune in the middle in that situation if the other guy is down. In running obvious situations, DJ Lundy, I think, belongs to on that field. If it's goal line, third and one, whatever, you want to put him out there. But if it's first and ten, and it's a standard offense that you're going against, and it's not LSU or Clemson, I think you can get by if you need to rest Deloach or rest Bethune because you've got enough guys in the secondary to mix and match. Yeah, it's going to be uh... – I, I, that defense today, even Tom, in a pretty you know banal practice, as I described it, um, I thought was still ball hawking. Man, they they continue to really be aggressive. They're downhill. Like, yeah, like the game against Miami two years ago here, when Van Dyke looked scared and like a child in the first half before mm. he got it together, and he did get it together. We got downhill. You think about some of the interceptions we made, breaks on the ball. Akeem Dent was a monster that day. Amari Cooper had a pick, but there were a few other pass deflections or batted down passes where you just see that there's there's a vertical movement and it's getting down towards the ball. There wasn't a whole lot of that last year. Seeing a lot again of that in, in, in this fall camp. 
I want to uh, I want to do one thing here because I think Ryan, are you in the chat? I haven't been looking at the chat, but if he is, if he is, oh, you're gonna say Jerry on Jones? He's been good. He's been good. Jerry on Jones has been good, and he's been a leader. He's talked to these kids. He's mature. He's played well. He looked good again. And man, Jerry on Jones is gonna help this team this year. He just is. We got a lot of dudes at that position that can. I'm not trying to besmirch Jerry on. I know Ryan's all too quick to do that himself in the chat. But you've got a lot of options there, and they look like they know what the hell they're doing, which is great. Lamar, I don't get 2013 vibes about them just yet. I think they're a good football team that has a real opportunity to maybe make the college playoff. Uh, 2013, the second the Jameis question was answered, we knew he was good, right? We knew he could be really good. And Jimbo and I were talking all the time leading up to the 2013 start. I interviewed him uh, at least once a week, sometimes more. Talked to him all the time. And he used to tell me in private, this kid's really something special. And he did not gush over players. He did not gush over guys that he had coached that had gone on and been drafted in the first round. He would always point out their strengths and weaknesses and everything in between. And when he talked about Jameis the way that he did – uh, we could, we did get a sense that, that he could be truly special. And we saw him in the spring game on his first pass to a walk-on as a touchdown and all that stuff, right? But I took more seriously what he was telling me because we didn't have the kind of access to practice that we have now. So when he would say to me, just talking off the record, which, you know, we're past the you know, limit of the, st- the statute of limitations or whatever, you know, I could say these things now. He'd say, oh, man, you should have seen the throw Jameis made today. Or – Holy moly, today he broke down film the, the way a senior would. You know, he would talk about these things. I kind of thought, okay, here we go. And it was the it was the round of golf that we played. Um, Lawrence Dossie. Lawrence Dossie, yeah. We played the charity golf tournament with Lawrence Dossie, me and Tom did. And Dossie said, yeah, because I just asked some question about Jameis Winston being all that he's talked about being. And he said, yeah, in practice, but we don't really know until the lights come on in a game. You'll never really know until the bullets are alive, is what it's I think hit. he said. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, he makes all the throws. He knows the offense. He's awesome. He's had days where he just kills this defense, and we've got some dudes on this defense. But we won't know until we play Pitt. So when I walked into that stadium with my dad, and I've told this story, we walked in a deluge over from the damn hotel uh, in through the park to the stadium, and it poured, poured. And we get in, we sit down, and we're on the 50-yard line surrounded by pit fans, which is great. And uh, there we are, drenched. And that, that just the, that perfect moment, that first quarter that, that of him being awesome, just like every throw, you went, oh, my God, this feels different, looks different. Well, yeah, we walked out of that stadium thinking they could win the national championship. They're loaded everywhere else. They're loaded Everywhere else, as it turned out, really loaded. Those guys all got drafted. I wouldn't say that about this team. I would say this team's offense is going to be elite. This team's offense is going to be elite. They've got weapons. I think that there's a real good chance Mike Norvell is toying with people in some of these games this year. Mike calls a really good game, and he game plans. He and Alex Atkins game plan exceptionally well. Now you're giving him... Real tools. You've got a confident star quarterback who's accepted the role and probably more comfortable in his skin than he's ever been. 
who's accomplished something now and knows he's the guy, not having to look over his shoulder in any way, got through a season healthy, et cetera. He's got the best offensive line he's had to work with yet. Hell, this group proved they could run the ball against anybody with an average to poor offensive line and average to poor tailbacks. He he now has above average to good, very good offensive line and very good tailbacks. He he found a way to move the ball. They found a way to move the ball with very little FSU caliber talent at wide receiver. And now they've got the best talent they've had at wide receiver since the 2013 team. They're loaded at wide receiver. He's The entire time they've been here, they didn't have a viable plus player at tight end. They got three viable plus players at tight end right now. Two for sure. One, I think, is it maybe needs a little more, more time, but two for sure in, in Biscuit and Jaheim Bell. So I don't know how they're not elite. They're going to be elite on offense. Will they be elite on defense? Because if you're going to start comparing teams to 2013, that was a group of bad sons of bitches everywhere you looked. A short list of, what, eight to ten teams in the last 40 years? Yeah, I mean, they were yeah. one of the best ten teams maybe of all time, right? I mean, they were that good. I'm not saying that about this team. I'm saying this team can win the ACC. I'm saying with this schedule, if you go one and one against the likes of LSU and Clemson, you're playing for the ACC championship. Uh, you're ranked in the top ten. You're... If you're, if you're those things by definition, then you're in the hunt to go to the college football playoff. And if you're in the college football playoff, then you're a contender to win the national title. But those are different things. The 2013 team, if we had a four-team playoff, I would tell you, yeah, post that pit game when Jameis proved that he was what we thought he was going to be when the lights came on, we would have said they're going to the playoff. They are flat out going to the playoff, and they are a threat to win the national championship. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply uh you know i'm just not there with this team i think they're a good team that should easily win 10 games i will tell you this is how good they are if they if they win less than 10 games, this is a bad year. Agreed. Yeah. If they yeah. go 9-3, and three, they did not do what they were supposed to do. Now, that is always with the caveat, barring injury. Yeah, that, correct. But we had that discussion about successful season and what determines a successful season. I think it's at minimum 10 wins, at minimum. Yeah, I think And it's you been. probably need to go to the ACC championship game with those 10 wins. Because if you go 10-2 and two and you don't go to the ACC title game with no divisions – that's that's a tough, tough Well, deal. it probably means that uh, something crazy like Louisville went 11-1 yeah. and, and Louisville, somehow. Louisville, North Carolina, yeah, yeah. NC State with a 9, Brennan Armstrong, and they brought that Virginia offense over and, yeah, and they put yeah. something together. But still, that would be disappointing. And, I, man, you've got a lot of pieces. You just went through all of the things that can be done. 
all the things oh, this team he's can gonna, do. He, he's going to toy with people. I mean, there, there are going to be games this year where you're walking at another defensive coordinator thinking, man, he doesn't have the horses. What would you try to stop? It's a fun game to play. We play it all the time. We ask each other, what would you do if you were, you know, in this case, let's say, uh, I don't know, Florida. What would you do if you were Florida? What would you do if you were Pitt? What would you do if you were uh, one of these teams that just doesn't really match up? How would you play Florida State, meaning you're the defensive coordinator mm -hmm. against this offense, a healthy version of this offense? What would you try to take away? You're screwed. The answer is easy to me. You try to maximize the amount of plays it takes for them to score. More things can happen. You create more opportunities for variance. Somebody slips, a tip ball, a fumble. I don't want to die quickly. I want 12 to 15 play drives. and If we can do it, if we can make that work, I want Jordan Travis to have to be disciplined to make seven to ten throws on those drives if, if we can stop the run a little yeah. bit. If we can't, you know, because we're playing back, all right, fine. But I cannot afford to give them the ball more times. The fewer the possessions they have, the fewer points they can put on that board. And anytime that there's a double digit next to their drive chart, that's a good thing for me. I want to punt. I want a turnover. But if it's 10 plays, 12 plays, that's a win. That's a win because we got to keep them on the field for as long as possible in each possession. Yeah, it's um, – Because you're assuming they're going to score. This is not an easy thing. You're assuming yeah. they're going to score. I need them to have fewer yeah. chances to score. Yeah. So, you know, last year uh, we, when we talked about the season, we thought that you got to 8-4. and four, you know, eight and four, nine and three. We we're kind of projecting. You ended up projecting the higher number. Yeah, ten. You thought they'd be better. But I thought nine and three was the good middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like nine and three, nine and three was successful last year. No doubt, nine and three, nine and three would have been successful last year. Yeah. So you know, we go back through, and but then they ended up winning ten games, and they proved it on the field that the the program was moving in the right direction. Everything was pointed northward, and and that that's the that's why you come into this season now having added more weapons and returning the the roster retention that we reference so frequently is the other reason to be excited there's there, there's tangible reasons beyond hope would you change your mind about their viability for the national championship if they dominate the trenches this year against lsu the same way they did last year they controlled the game i thought last year oh, i thought they the controlled the game too last year if they do then, that again with lsu fortifying their ranks so to speak is that enough or you need to see it again against Clemson yeah, well, one thing's true though and I have said this and I brought this up before because I think Florida State is a college football playoff contender then I know enough to say that if you believe that then you believe that they're capable of maybe winning a national championship there's a difference between saying yeah they might be capable in a one-off playing the game of their life with Jordan Travis being truly special of winning a game against a team that I might say is better than them. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's possible. That's all you want. You want the – I mean, you know, we saw TCU a year ago. Sure. But we also saw the, the, the humbling when they had to face a team that was just bigger, stronger, deeper, faster, all those things than Florida State. I mean, then TCU, and, and I would think that Georgia is that right now, and maybe some others, maybe Alabama, maybe Ohio State, I don't know. But just because they've sustained recruiting at a higher level for longer, it stands to reason that they have a deeper shelf of five-star elite caliber players than Florida State does. Yeah, low-key Ohio State is the one last year where we go, man. They should have beat Georgia. They, they were better have. than Georgia the whole yep. game. Yep. 
that Ohio State team was loaded. And so you look at that and you go, eh. But the one-off rule applies. They got smoked by Michigan in their own house, and then Michigan loses at TCU. And if Ohio State played TCU, you know who wins that game by oh, four scores? Uh, it's not even close. They would have done to TCU what Georgia did to TCU. And you would have done the what the hell? But that that's this that, sport right. So... You play the games. You play yeah. the damn games. And and you got to put yourself in that realm. You put yourself in a position to on a good day with a special quarterback. Maybe some special teams things go your way. Michigan turned it over and did dumb things against TCU. Oh, that first half was, I mean, was atrocious. Yeah. It was just a, a calamity of errors. Uh, if they played that game three times, Michigan wins two of them pretty easily. Maybe all three. Uh, just that one. <laughs> I mean, that was a weird-ass game, right? But get me there, baby. Just get me there, and I'll take my chances with Jordan doing things that just make right. the mind spin, right? The head spin. But we're not bringing a knife to a gunfight. Right. I agree with that. And I don't want to project that. It might be a bolt-action rifle. You know? Maybe something that the founders thought existed. I don't know that I'd have an automatic magazine, but yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, look, they're, they're, they're a, we got something for you. I think this offense is a lead against anybody they play. Anybody they play. Jaheim and Keon help. I just don't know if the defense is. And the defense can, is going to be better. I know the defense is going to be better. So you're saying that the offense is like a, a Zaxby's menu. <laughs> just littered with options. All of them good. All of them good. Every option you look at. You've got the the big chicken sandwich, which is Jordan Travis. You're just like, look at this option. This is a good option. Every day I could have this. This is great. Look at this. And then you go over there. You're like, you know, I think today I'm just going to get some fingers. The fingers are good. It's like the tight end room. Very solid to plus. It's really good. This is a good group here. You got funnel cakes now. They're doing that. Funnel cakes. That's the O-line. Special teams was uh, good this week so far. Kids are making kicks. What what part of the Zaxby's menu are the kickers? The sauces. Okay. They're the sauces. They, they make everything seem better. They can elevate. Special teams can elevate your eating experience. That's what they are. But they can't. you can't just have a sauce and say, mm, you know what, I'm going to get the sauce today, and that's it. Don't give me anything else. That's what special teams is. It has to be an accent. It can't be the meal. That's fair. That's fair. There are 54 neighborhood Zaxby's in Tallahassee. They're everywhere you look. Don't forget to stop by and understand that as you go by Zaxby's and get your food, that uh, you're supporting an individual, a group that has supported Florida State Golden Chief 18-plus years. So there you go. You know you're contributing to somebody who's contributing to the cause for Florida State University. That's a good thing. And they care because if you look at the how good were we for the last 18 years, the good, like not much. A lot of medium and a lot of bad, <laughs> but they're sticking with you for 18 years. That means they're loyal as can be. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Welcome back to the Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans, a mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com, FSUHomeLoans.com. Wednesday. 
tonight, as Tom pointed out, a little Ask War Chant anything. Different panel each week, different group of people each time and all that. I saw it pop across the screen. I was like, I didn't know. But that's because I'm not on the panel tonight, so that that makes some sense. Figured surely my producer would tell me that I'm going to be on something. No news is good news, my man. Um, well, you can have dinner with your family. Well, I will. You it's should. the night before school. I'm going to. Is it for both of them? Yeah. Yeah, they both start tomorrow. Back at it. Um, it's crazy to think about how um, how quickly the time goes, buddy. Bryce is going to be a sophomore in high school. Clark will be in eighth grade. It's uh, happening fast. Yeah, something alarming happened to me. I logged on to the old Instagram, and uh, I saw my niece's post that she is running for vice president oh, of her high school. Nice. And she has a po- so the posters now. Remember the poster boards? You'd make <laughs> those things, put them around. You now put it on social media, which is just kind of a crazy trip, but that she's a senior, running for senior class vice president. Oh, no. So I've got a graduation next year to go to before she goes to college. Well, yes, and I've joked about this, but so I went to my niece's graduation, and then, you know, she's now going into her senior year at Georgia Tech. Okay. And then my other nephews, you know, it's like everywhere I look, it's nuts. You know, they've they've been graduating. One's an attorney. The other one got her master's in public health. BU, kicking ass. And my youngest nephew. About three months ago, logged on, played some video games with him, and I'm expecting to hear his voice, and I hear, hey, Uncle Tom. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Where does the time go? Um, Very, very quickly it passes. Uh, so, yeah. And you and I got to sit down and do a bellying up together about- mm, Life? C- well, no. Yeah, that we can, but uh, bellying up really encompasses a lot of things, but- I think we should do uh, one on this kind of this business going into this season. I think it has a chance to be a uh, a difference maker this season. Yeah. That that we could be talking about Florida State. I think we will be talking about Florida State vaulting themselves into another realm. You know, we I've been doing this long enough now that you know I started in back in '98, '99, and and watching the team go wire to wire and winning the national championship and. I remember in those years, you know, everywhere you looked, and because by the time I got started, they had been dominant throughout the 90s. So it was this sustained, even though I wasn't covering them um, until 98, it was a sustained greatness where they were in the hunt all the time for the national championship. And, and it kind of was this stretch where you thought, well, this is going to always just be. And of course it wasn't, and, you know, I don't want to go back over all of that, but that was a fun ride. It stunk that we went from the penthouse to the outhouse, but documenting and being on the air to do that and going, you know, and having the discourse on a daily basis with fans and listeners and, and, and people with passionate opinions about Florida State, that was uh, that was fun. And then, you know, it wasn't fun. Then all of a sudden it got dark. It got frustrating and people were just angry all the time. And, and I was angry and all of it happened. And then when you watch the kind of sad end to a legendary career, right, how that played out. And then there was, and we first guessed it, and it was great to be able to do this. I was very pro Jimbo. I got that one right. I got the Willie one wrong. But we to be able to ride the roller coaster and talk about that, to talk about what was coming. You know, I remember the first day I talked to Jimbo, he was in a golf cart, and I was trying to get him to do the show. 
He didn't know me from Adam. I called him at his house in, in Baton Rouge before he ever got to Tallahassee to, to see if he'd come on. And then later on, talked to him about, could I talk to you on a weekly basis? And at that time, he was just the offensive coordinator. He wasn't even head coach in waiting. And listening to his vision for the program and for his what he thought the offense could be and where we were going, you could sense like good things were coming. And you remember the article that came out when he finally was dubbed the head coach in waiting and then became the head coach. And we went over to Jacksonville, watched Bobby's last game and the bowl victory and all that. And then he, you know, that that immediately you had the article about we're going to recruit grown ass men. And he's telling these guys these were all assassins basically that he brought in recruiting assassins, you know. Uh, I'll do the coaching. You guys go get the players. And they got the players. They did. And then you knew it was – we're getting close. But you had the frustrations in 2012 where, EJ, we thought this was going to be the year. 2012 didn't turn out to be the year. Um, and there was just a couple frustrating moments in that season. So there's a free national title waiting for you. You're playing Notre Dame. Yeah, you had beaten Notre Dame by 50. And, uh, yeah, that's what would have happened. But you didn't. You blew it. So then you – you, you slump in your chair. You're just like, oh, that was it. We had it. Didn't know Jameis was going to be that kind of special. Turns out he is that kind of special and that the light bulb went off immediately. And next thing you know, you're one of the all-time great teams and we get to go out to California and we do the whole thing and it's unreal to step foot on the field in the Rose Bowl looking out at the San Gabriel Mountains as the sun goes down. You and I riding to the airport, speaking of petty, Crank and Petty on our way on the 405. I'm probably going 100. Probably. Probably. In so a, uh, what? Chrysler Sebring, as I recall. <laughs> That's what the rental was, yes. Yeah, it was a silver one. Yeah. We were hauling ass. And it was beautiful. It's 405's wide, man. You can go. You can really go. So we were going, and then we get to LAX. We have such a blast there at the bar. And then uh, we, we make our way back. And then we're gearing up for a defense of the national title. And the 29 straight wins, as it turns out, and documenting all of that. And then we couldn't have known what lay in wait for us with the off-the-field stuff and crazy sports center and going on ESPN on a regular basis and waking up you know, once a week and going on Mike and Mike and doing all that stuff, which was nuts. And then all that plays out. Okay, so then the ebbs and flows. And eventually, I say to you before the Louisville game, I don't like where this is headed. I don't like where what what I'm perceiving to be a loss of control and a locker room that seems off kilter and sort of just getting the pulse on Jimbo Fisher where he seems hollow. Everything felt like it was suddenly broken, and we go from the highest of highs to now. I'm saying to you, I, we're in trouble. This is going to end. We're in trouble. And we said, you know, I eventually said on the air, predicted we'd get blown out by Louisville, and we got blown out we by Louisville. A, we had a watch party at Corner Pocket, and that was one of the most uncomfortable watch parties ever. ever. That was more uncomfortable than 12 NC State on the road when you lose slow torture uh, up 16 to nothing. Because every time you look up, Louisville scores. They could have scored it. could have scored 100 that day. I, I maintain they could have scored 100 that day because Florida State was quitting. Mm. And – they had a special quarterback in Lamar, and then the whole thing, they just could do whatever they wanted. And so you, you, you're there for the beginning of the end. You're watching that. The plane is crashing to the side of the mountain, you're, you, and you know it. You're like, you're not coming back from that. And then you have these weird moments. You have the, the BC game where they just, they're completely, they don't care to be there. They're not trying at all. You're getting blown out by Boston College. And guys are on the sideline laughing. 
another show at the CP on Friday. What do you think tonight? Mm-mm. 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 Yeah, remember we said that. We're like, yeah. no, no, this is not good. Good night, Friday everybody. night up there. Well, we're, we it was an easy thing to lay out. Yeah. Teams quit. It's a Friday night up there. BC will be sky high because they care about this thing. We don't care at all. We don't like this guy. They're not even playing yeah. for him anymore. Dazio's trying to make up for lost time because he was scared he in 13 yeah. and he was scared in 14 the year after. No, 14 was more. Well, 13, he's up 14 He's got a chance. He doesn't he go kicks. for it. I know, he kicks. I know, but I'm saying he really was scared in 14. That was crazy. Yeah. Anyhow, so we document that. That whole thing plays out, all of that. And then, you know, we were so desperate. It ends, and I really hope that Willie Taggart's recruiting chops in the state of Florida would serve him well. He had that one great season at USF. So you're like, okay, well, maybe he can get some guys in here. Turns out. We were really wrong. I was really wrong about him. And it didn't take that long, unfortunately, to begin to figure that out. It was disorganization off the field. And then you saw the product on the field. The Syracuse game was the one. Oh, I called you. I, I was, was on the driveway. I couldn't believe it. I think it was game three. Isn't when he screwed up the, the whether to review the or take the penalty or not? Yeah. Oh, and man. You see all these sideline shots. Oh, it was go, just, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. oh They yeah. have no idea. They have no idea what they're doing. That's, they it was like, the, yeah. They woke up this morning. They were called and said, the head coach is dead. Can you, you show coach, up and yeah. just help? I, I, I'll never forget calling you and dr- walking out on the end of the driveway and just I'm sitting there drinking coffee. The next, I mean, we're just, I'm furious. I'm like, Tom, we're screwed. I'm wrong. This guy's terrible. They're, they have no chance. And I didn't want to believe that. Sense of pattern, I was a corner pocket. <laughs> I was out the side, the side exit because we were, it was, it was loud. We were talking loud. Yeah. And I didn't want anybody else. Well, and we were taking notes. Like we were comparing notes. Yep. I was like, Tom, this is the clock management. Oh, clock management, not knowing to take the penalty or not take the penalty. There's so the special teams, all of it. We were like, this is what. I'm getting what mad thinking doing? about it. I'm getting, yeah, I'm getting mad thinking about it. And now you got to wait it out. Now you're like, oh man, I'll never forget. Bobani Jones called me, and I'm talking to him, and it's a spirited conversation between the two of us, and. It's it was funny. It was funny. I wish I had recorded that conversation, and we would go on to text back and forth for that entire time. It was great, but it was it got tougher and tougher. It just it got tougher and tougher, and it was because of the off the field stuff. It was the off the field stuff that made it tougher and tougher and tougher. And then where where were we at now? Right? It, you just didn't know. And there's hydration in there. Don't forget the hydration. Uh, but then you you end up, you know, that you got a guy that. Everybody in the industry, when it became apparent that Norvell was going to get hired, would call us and be like, hey, you know, we have some folks in the TV industry that were like, I've done some of Memphis's games. This guy's buttoned up. He's a good coach. Now we'll see if he can recruit Florida. It's going to be a big deal. Everybody's right to be concerned about that. But in terms of his players playing hard and understanding the game and having a game plan, you're going to be all right. You're going to be okay there. I remember thinking, okay, all right, well, well that's good to hear. That's different. We're ready for that. He doesn't get surprised or out-schemed. It yeah. was the quote, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. May not be good enough, but, and Lord knows we weren't. And then you're going through what everybody went through with COVID and not being able to recruit and all that. But it culminates with last season and now the huge expectations this year and where we sit on the precipice of something very interesting, which is that Florida State's about to once again vault themselves into the larger conversation of being a perennial power. 
That's that's what's at stake here. That's what you think this season's about. Last year was about getting over the hump and having a winning season so that your philosophy could be allowed to blossom. You know, I said last year they had to get out and win seven, eight games to give themselves a chance to have all of the, the, the stuff they've planted grow into something. Like, they, they've been very consistent in practice, very consistent with the way they operate and work, very consistent with the messaging to the players, very consistent. But if they had lost, they were never going to get to see the fruits of their labor. It was going to be too much weight to overcome. But alas, they did win. And now we have this conversation. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness, two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. It's time for, how you say, with the pitching, uh, probables? Brought to you by Power Mill. Power in performance, powermillsports.com. And away we go. Marlins Reds are in the seventh. It's 4-1 Reds. Cueto Ashcroft, your pitching matchup there. Nothing, nothing. Colorado, Milwaukee. Chris Flexen, Adrian Hauser. Everything else starts later. Rangers A's, Jordan Montgomery, Austin Pruitt. Cardinals Rays, Dakota Hudson, Jalen Beeks. Twins, Tigers, Bailey Ober, Alex Fado, Nationals, Phillies, Mackenzie Gore, Michael Lorenzen, Astros, Orioles, Christian Javier, and Jack Flaherty. Only Flaherty. Oh, man. Pirates blew their opportunity in the ninth last night. Bednar blew the save in the ninth. Would have taken the first two games of the series. We're feasting on Braves pitching, just slapping them, slapping them around. But we blew it in the ninth. Max Freed will dominate the Pirates tonight, and Quinn Priester is terrible. So, guys, here's a win for sure for Atlanta. Royals, Red Sox, Jordan Lyles, Nick Pavetta, Cubs, Mets, Kyle Hendricks, David Peterson, Blue Jays, Guardians, Kevin Gosman, Logan Allen, Yankees, White Sox, TBD, Mike Clevenger, Giants, Angels, Ryan Walker, Shohei Atani, good at baseball. Dodgers, D-backs, Bobby Miller, Merrill Kelly, and finally, Padres, Mariners, you Darvish, TBD. Let's look at those that shall reside of the bump. Yeah, I watched that last night, Tom. Right up to the bitter end, seeing my man out there ready to roll and gets the first out in the ninth on the first pitch. I'm like, here we go. We're going to take the first two of a four-game set, guaranteed 500 against the Braves. I'll take it. And uh, it's gone. We got a question in the chat earlier about Omar Graham and linebacker play. And you know what I'm realizing? I'm so hyper-focused on the trenches this camp, I really haven't seen much anything. From the linebackers, yeah. Well, uh, receivers, defensive backs. I see what happens in 11-on-11 because that's just going to happen. But I really have not watched much of anything outside of the guys in the trenches. Deloach, uh, I will say, Deloach flashed a little today. Okay, that's good. That's the descriptor. Deloach flashed a little bit today. Good work out of you, sir, as I plowed right through the bottom of the hour break. Ignoring what I should not have ignored. Good work out of you, Director Matthew. Be well, everybody. And don't forget the Ask Warchan Anything if you're a subscriber tonight. Is that 7 o'clock, Tom? 
7 o'clock, warchant.com, subscribers only. Good times. Peace out, everybody. Peace.